0: Welcome back to the Knit British podcast, the podcast that explores all the connections of Britishness in wool, fibre and knitting. On this journey, meeting all of the people involved from sheep to skein, I am your host, Louise Scully. Knit British, love local wool. Episode 90 is sponsored by our woolly mucker, Mazzy Fotley. AKA Maz Knitter on Ravelry, Mazzy describes herself as a keen allotment gardener with a caffeine and yarn addiction. Currently she's knitting a Williams Gansey as part of a fascinating project that you can hear a bit more about later in the show when I chat with Mazzy. Thank you, Mazzy, for supporting the Knit British podcast and being one of our woolly muckers. Hello, and welcome in to episode 90. Episode 90. 90. 90. We're almost at 100. My goodness. How are you? I hope you've got a whip. I hope you've got a drink. I have got some tea, builder's tea. In my Knit British mug and have just demolished a king size Twix before we came on air. Not ashamed to tell you that. It was awesome. Thank you for coming back. And if this is your first time coming to Knit British, then a huge welcome to you. I want to start by saying thank you, thank you, thank you a million times for your feedback and chat and comments on the last episode from Uist Wool, which was a two-part episode. If you're used to our normal schedule of a podcast every couple of weeks, then you might have missed that because I had a podcast out on the 21st and then the very next week I had episode 89 from Uist Wool out and that was out in two parts. So you'll find that on Podcatchers as episode 89 part 1 and episode 89 part 2. Uh, and you'll find them both available to listen to at knitbritish.net and you are lovely and I really loved making those podcasts and being there and bringing that to you and you've been so lovely in saying how much you enjoyed listening to both Dana and Hazel and members of the team at will talking about what they're doing there and how passionately they're doing it and it's it's an amazing place to visit and it's amazing they make amazing yarn and in addition to them having been so generous with their time and their knowledge while I was there they are extending that generosity to you because after I put that episode out Dan I got in touch to say they were giving you a discount code for 10% off online sales at uistwool.com. so if you've wanted to try wool since this episode then go on over to uistwool.com you can use the checkout code knitbritish89 all lowercase you use that at checkout and you'll get 10% off uh, and you can use that you've got until the 31st of August to use that. Thank you so much you for that, that's, in- that's incredible and I may have partaken of that myself uh, for I have a Nora cardigan in my mind by Elizabeth Smith uh, which would be incredible in the yarn that I've bought from there and the yarn that I brought back from my travels, so special cardigan, special yarn um, thank you again so much um, for, for uh, your feedback on that and I'm so happy that you enjoyed it How are you guys? I hope you're well. I can't believe this is August already. Edinburgh has just hit prime tourist levels. It's um, the Edinburgh Yarn Yarn Festival. The Edinburgh, because there's only one Edinburgh Festival that actually matters to me. The Edinburgh Fringe Festival um, has kicked off now. I haven't booked to go and see anything. (laughs) I am one of the inhabitants of Edinburgh that... Um, gets really complacent about Edinburgh Fringe Festival and there are some fantastic things to see absolutely wonderful things to see and things I do want to see, I have to say but I just haven't got around to booking anything because the thought of the busyness and all of the people and even just how difficult it is getting from A to B in town when there's so much going on um, puts me off slightly. Um, I have got things booked for the book festival, of course, May we, which is happening a little bit later uh, in the month. So looking forward to that, and trying to get things knit and get things finished. I got to the point this week where I was like, I'm so behind on all of the things that I wanted to knit have knit by this summer and the things that I, just whips that need sorting. And so this weekend I uh, was off and decided I would get cracking on my owl's whip, which has been languishing since before Edinburgh Yarn Festival. Um, And I just have the sleeves and the yoke to knit. Although having said that, started to, got the body finished and um, up to the armpits then realised I didn't have the right size needles to do the sleeves. So it's stalled again. But my intentions are good, you know, my intentions are very good. Um, what else am I knitting? I am also knitting on my Marin in that incredible Ramble yarn by Kettle Yarn Company, which I've been told will be out this month, you guys. That incredible Shetland and Romney that I spoke about last time, or two episodes ago really now. I'm losing track because I've done so many episodes in a small period of time that I'm just like which episode was that so so yeah cracking on that but realising with the mods that I'm doing I'm going to need more of that yarn so I'll have to wait till it comes out um, to get some uh, but I'm loving it, loving all that um, garter, um, lovely sculpt shaping on, on the edge of that marin shawl. My owls is a bit of a remake as well because I've, I've cracked away two elves in the past so I'm, I feel like I, even though I've I'm, I'm not finished the original shawl that I set out to do with my remakery. I have completed some other things that have been remakes so that's that's that counts right? There have been some new designs which have been utterly tempting me and today I did give in to one of those temptations. Claire Divine has got a new shawl pattern out and it's called Load. and I remember ages ago she'd Put out an Instagram with a picture of a shot, uh, a shell fragment of a scallop shell, um, that she had intended to make a shawl with, and I thought, oh, I like that idea. I love, I love things like that. I've had quite a few shell fragments in the past that have looked like they might make fantastic knitting designs, but of course, not being a designerly type of person, I have to wait till someone else gets that inspiration um, so today I had coffee with Jess from Ginger Twist and while I was in her shop made purchase of some of her Massam Mayhem in the four ply weight which is that incredible BFL and uh, British Massam um, that I talk about quite a lot uh, and love from every every dyer who uses it t- seems to put colour on it in a different way and it's just an incredible Incredible yarn, so I have uh, two skeins of that in the Lallybroch, which is a lovely, uh, deep, purpley, burgundy, aubergine kind of colour. So that is going to be a load shawl uh, by Claire Divine, and that shawl is a lovely, um, long, triangular shawl with slip stitching and ribbing, and oh, it's it's just gorgeous. Very simple, but incredibly. Effective, And I can just imagine it being absolutely lovely and luxurious around my neck this, this winter. Because, um, you know, I was talking about autumn a couple of episodes ago and I, there's something I just love. I always look forward to the coming of autumn so much it makes me think of new scarves and shawls and coats and shoes and things. So I think this might be, if I get it cast on and it gets out of the fantasy cast on cue and into my actual needles this would be an absolutely fantastic autumn staple. So that's fantastic. And if you haven't seen that, have a look on Ravelry. It's called Load L-O-D-E. Uh, and it's and it's gorgeous. I had a very um, interesting press release this week from the lovely Susan Crawford. As many of you know, last year Susan was diagnosed with stage 3 breast cancer. And for anyone who follows her on uh, social media, she has been really candid in sharing a lot of that journey with her followers. And since before her cancer diagnosis, actually moving to the farm in, in Lancashire, where they I nice stay, Susan was really keen to find out about local breeds. There's one truly indigenous Lancashire sheep called Lonk, which has been known as the sovereign of the Moors, which I love that. Isn't that a fantastically noble title? She wanted to find out more about the sheep and and find a a, a local breeder with you two creating a yarn. The lonks are ideally suited to the Lancashire Hills. They're a hardy sheep. They're able to survive on the poorest of land and they produce a stunning white fleece which protects it against the elements. Mostly the fleece is used for carpets uh, and upholstery and things. Uh, but was once widely used for hand-knitting yarns. Uh, so Susan began looking for a local long breeder and met Geoffrey, who farms 400 acres of moorland directly across from Susan's farm in the Loon Valley. She she, she says she can actually see um, their farm from her kitchen window. And Geoffrey keeps lonk. Uh, not only that, but he, he was trained by the ...but she will mark board to grade fleeces. So he's constantly strived to produce really fantastic fleeces from these long... ...and he doesn't use any sprays or chemicals um, or anything like that. Of course, her cancer diagnosis meant that plans to create yarn from Jeffrey's uh, flocks... ...that went on the back burner for a little while... But this year, the shearling fleeces uh, from the 2016 clip were sent to the Natural Fibre Company in Cornwall, uh, of which, with which Susan says, with very precise instructions and exacting standards to create a very particular yarn from these fleeces. And the yarn is going to be launching in September of this year and it's going to also raise money for cancer charities might be a good idea to sign up to Susan's newsletter at SusanCrawfordVintage.com or check out her Instagram feed to see when these yarns launch she's decided to create a a pattern and kit and there'll be more information coming on that soon The yarn has been dyed by four UK hand dyers who have each produced an exclusive colourway and, as I say, you'll find out more about this by following Susan on social media and at her her blog. I am quite excited to see what this real Lancashire single breed, single flock yarn looks like and I know you Knit Britishers will be interested to find out more about that too from what I've read about Lonk not ever having seen any fleece or yarn yet what I've read of them uh, is that they're you know, quite a hardy fleece and more on the medium crisp handle but I can't wait to see what that texture's like in knitting yarn as you know over here at Knit British we love all kinds of textures and characteristics of yarn and celebrate yarn um, for those unique traits so I can't wait to have a look at this yarn I have some awesome ladies on today's show. You might want to put a pot of tea on or a pot of coffee or a cocktail, depending on what time it is, I suppose, um, and join us for a chat. Later in the show, I've got an interview with Frankie Hughes. Uh, you will doubtlessly know Frankie from her work with John Arbin and also her incredible design work, which is featured in Pom Pom and Knitting Magazine and... And also in Edinburgh Yarn Festival's Wool Tribe magazine. And uh, we're going to talk a little bit later. We we talk about Frankie's background and we, t- we talk about her design work. We talk about working at John Arbon and we get totally geeky about Wool. Um, so you've got that to look forward to. First up though, uh, it's time to meet our Wooly Mucker. And it was awesome this week to chat with... Mazzy, who is Maz Knitter on Ravelry. Uh, I've known uh, Mazzy via Twitter for quite a wee while now, but this was the first time that we've actually chatted and it was just so lovely to be able to talk with her. Uh, Mazzy was rained off the allotment that day, so it was a really good time to sit down and talk about our Wooly Mucker Questionnaires. So the questions are, what's the first thing you remember knitting and the last thing you cast off? And the other question is, which yarn and pattern, not necessarily used together, would you want to pass on for others to try and what makes them so special? And it was really funny because Mazzy confessed that Well, she realised the second question was very much about inheritance. She couldn't help but turn it into... Or desert island luxuries, if you will. Also, Mazzie's current whip sounds utterly fascinating. She is knitting a Gansey for the Blythe Tall Ship Project. Uh, and this is something that's been going on for a wee while now. There's links in the show notes so you can find out more information about it. Uh, but basically, there is a, an expedition undertaking a historic voyage to Antarctica in 2019. And the project... Leaders have researched the background of the Fisherman's Gansey and developed patterns specifically designed for the crew of this tall ship who are going to be taking that journey. Um, So that's very interesting and there are links with the show notes um, so you can find out more about that. But here are Mazzy and I on a rainy Wednesday morning having a good old chat. Welcome to my knitting nest. Oh, well, welcome into (laughs) KBHQ.
1: I've listened to you lots of times here, but you've never had me answering back before.
0: (laughs) No. How is the weather with you today? Is it? Are you rained off?
1: It's absolutely teeing down. It is.
0: It's. uh, It's the same here. It's absolutely tipping it down, and this is the end of July.
1: (laughs) It's a fine, fine knitting day.
0: It is, but it's good for the plants.
1: Exactly, yeah. So
0: what, yeah. what do you grow, Mazzy?
1: Well, I do most of my growing on allotment plots. So it's mainly veg, but it's a mixture of veg and various pollinating flowers and uh, a few things just for the whimsy of it.
0: <laughs> for the whimsy of it. How
1: lovely. Well, I've got, I've got a pet cardoon, which is like, if you can imagine an artichoke on steroids. that oh, allows That's wow. allowed to go to seed and flower. It's just enormous when it's. Uh,
0: that sounds incredible.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and there's, there's no good reason for growing that. I've never blanched the stems and eaten them. It's just. Uh, and is it
0: just, in, is it quite a nice thing to eat? Have you ever tried it before? Um, you, you
1: are you are supposed to actually be able to blanch the stems. You don't eat the flower heads like you do with artichoke, but uh, oh. it, it's a very statuesque plant. <laughs> I
0: bet. Sounds like it. on steroids. Wow. <laughs> Well, you know, one of the things I like to ask and uh, put out at the beginning of the show is to say what you're working on just
1: now. Well, I've actually got it beside me at the moment, and it's a bit of a mammoth endeavour. It's probably the uh, certainly the, the the biggest thing or, or longest knitted thing that I've ever done. Really, it's um it's a Williams Gansey for the Blythe Toolship project. project. Uh, if you've heard about that, oh,
0: do you want to, well, do you want to tell people a little bit about it?
1: I'm no expert on it. I just stumbled across it. Someone brought it to my attention and I thought that would be a thing to do. Um, It's a restored tall ship, which I believe is going to recreate a voyage that took place in 1819 to discover the Antarctic landmass. Oh wow! That now that sounds- might that might be tot- that might be totally wrong, but uh, that's <laughs> we'll, we'll we'll check a link. Yeah, we'll, that we'll, sounds we'll, incredible. Um, and the idea is that um, people are knitting ganses. Um, uh, a a gansy has been designed that's specific to this project, that all the sailors taking part in in this um, project are, are going to be able to wear. And I think there's about 150 of them being. <sighs> knitted and i think i've just about hit the 100 hours on the project mark uh which which you know i've never really timed how long i've spent on a knitting project before but this is probably going to be far and away one of the 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 largest um even not counting blankets because it's all it's all um well it's a five ply but sort of you know four ply and are you pliers. knitting
0: it on circular needles or are you knitting it on double pointed
1: i'm i'm going circular because i don't have long um long enough pins to do a 44 inch chest <laughs> on, <laughs> two and a half. I dearly love to do it traditionally on uh, big pointy pins because I, I i much i much prefer dpns for sock knitting but um i i don't have the exact thing and there are some practicalities to working on a circular yeah, needle
0: there are are you using the like the
1: frangipani? It is yes, it is exactly. That's been supplied by the uh, by the project, and it's a, a sort of dark navy, very very traditional sailor's garb. Oh, incredible! Uh, it's been really interesting um, discovering about the construction. I've just got to joining the shoulders, and I'm joining the shoulders with a you have a sort of twenty stitch panel that you then join in back and fronts together as you knit along this this cabled panel. Which, which I'm all for because I hate knitting, I hate sewing things up Yeah,
0: me too <laughs> so any,
1: anything knitted is good yes that's
0: <laughs> amazing. amazing you said someone's designed this Guzi is
1: it using the traditional Guernzi designs it, it's, I think I think they um, I don't know too much about it but I think it's using traditional elements and then they've designed a tall ship design that goes on the front and the back the front and back are completely identical so you can presumably grab it below decks and pull it on in either direction. And then when you've you've worn out the front, you just wear it the other way round.
0: That is an incredible thing to be taken part in. Yeah, yeah. so that's um, wonderful. No. So are you are you being a monogamous whipper to that one, or do you have anything else to go?
1: Not entirely. <laughs> I have have digressed and done a few other things, but particularly when, particularly when I, I got myself confused and knitted a whole underarm gusset and all the round bits that went with it, and then discovered I'd missed out the pattern and had to rip that. out. <laughs> <laughs> at that point, I needed a little diversion, and I went off and knitted myself a Talavera top.
0: oh, that's a fantastic pattern. What did you knit that in?
1: It's um some hand dyed of frail ends that I got at uh what well, there must have been wonderwall i'm I'm thinking, yeah.
0: Oh, that's incredible. Yeah, that's a really good pattern. And I really love how quick it's really quite quick to knit, considering it's It was.
1: It was was a very good diversion. I've actually knitted some matching socks as well. Oh, nice. I've done a bit of a mash-up and and used some of the pattern from the top. Oh, that's a
0: great idea. Okay, well then, shall we get to our questions?
1: Right, Um, yes.
0: (laughs) So, the first one really kind of covers your entire knitting career to date, because I'm asking you what was the first thing that you can... Remember knitting and the last thing you you cast off. What was the first yeah. thing you can remember knitting?
1: Well, the first thing that I can remember knitting that I still have is a slightly strange. It's it's an intarsia sock pattern, so it's wow. a sort of clock clock pattern, and it's the only pair of socks I've got with a seam up the back. And having said how much I hate sewing <laughs> things up, it's it's not an experiment I've ever repeated again. If I've done colour work, I've always done colour work in the round since then. And you obviously get a warmer sock that way. Um, but at some point, I think when I was a teenager, I must have asked my mum and said, oh, you know, when she said, well, what do you want for your birthday? I said, oh, I'd like to knit myself some socks. So I got some sock wool and a couple of patterns. And one was just a, trist, a trusty sort of rib pattern. And the other one was this um, sort of clock pattern. And I still have the socks and they're looking at the worst for wear. They could do with a good heel darn at the moment. <laughs> they, they, but they are over 30 years old. They must be. Do you remember what you mean? What, whatever came from the, the local haberdashery shop <laughs> in the village where I lived, <laughs> which was almost certainly a commercial, you know, sock yarn with some nylon in, uh, which is why they've lasted so yeah. long. But And you still wear them, you said. I still occasionally wear them for gardening, yeah. And and that was the sort of template. I've, I had lots of rib socks. Unfortunately, I started to throw some of them away before I learnt how to darn, which was a bit nonsensical. Because <laughs> um, I got one sock, which which was made with leftovers from the uh, the the original pair. Oh, wow. But I I seem to have thrown away one of them. I'm not. What was I thinking? <laughs> <laughs> I threw away one sock. <laughs> <laughs> so. And do you know where the pattern came from? I did have it. I think I've given it to a friend, but it was just a, a commercial pattern which um, was sort of slightly falling apart. And I think it's now with with a friend who said, "Oh, I fancy doing that," and so I, I've I've handed that over. But that's
0: amazing because you don't see very many patterns for a sock that's seamed now. Yeah. Yeah, no, it, 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 it was a
1: strange thing. Oh, interesting. So how old were you when you learned to knit, Mazzy? Oh, I don't know. Uh, it, it might have been under 10 or it might have been sort of young teens. I don't know. But my mother would have taught me. And um, I probably had the girl's companion to doing this, that and the other. I can remember having a, a dolly bobbin and doing the uh, the sort of the eye I- cord Yeah, so it, it must have been my mother and I, and I don't know how old I was. Uh, I can remember knitting a top where I had really tight tension for the first side, decided it wouldn't fit me. And at some point my tension obviously slipped. And then the back was about one and a half times the size. (laughs) I don't think I ever bothered to wear that.
0: So, OK, so what about the last thing
1: that you cast off then? Well, this is quite embarrassing because the last thing I cast off was a bit of eye cord that I'm going to use <laughs> to replace a shoelace on a lace-up sandal that I bought in the M&S sale. <laughs> <laughs> I bought them and I thought, I really quite like these. They're a sort of leather strappy sandal and they just had this rather silly cord that goes up and, and ties off. And I thought, why did you put that colour with those sandals? I can do better than that. So I'm using some bits of old sock wool to make myself an eye cord so oh, cool. it's not very exciting, but that's literally the last thing I cast off, a bit of eye cord for my sandals. And what kind of things do you like
0: knitting most? Are you are you more of a small project knitter or um do you like a challenge of a sweater or a bigger project?
1: No, I I, I do like I do like knitting larger garments, although I do now have a drawer which has got a bit full, <laughs> so, which is the problem. <laughs> I've started hanging them round the bedroom. Uh, but I, I have really enjoyed knitting socks over the years. That, that's I've, I've knitted an awful lot of socks, and I did reach a point where I said to myself, "You do need to stop knitting socks <laughs> because there's enough of those now."
0: Well, I can remember when I started following you on Twitter, and I think you'd
1: just been to Shetland, and that was my first question: uh, what What colour should I knit these, yeah. these socks in, Shall, yeah, And you I and think. you
0: and you knit those fantastic
1: Fair Isle socks, didn't you? I have still got those, but I wouldn't necessarily recommend using Shetland for knitting socks that you want to wear and go about in the world. <laughs> because I am very, I am very tough on socks. Yeah, me too. And probably almost every time I wear those socks, I have to darn them in my Maybe they, need <laughs> they to be, are,
0: they, maybe they need to be made a couple of sizes bigger and then felted a little bit to make them a bit yeah, more. <laughs> yeah, they,
1: they are lovely on a winter's evening just to pull them on, you know, watching telly, or, or they'd make a great bed sock.
0: Was it was it Fuller wool that you used
1: for that? Uh, no, uh, it, was, it was Jameson's of Shetland. And, and I think that was probably following the, the first visit I'd been to go and see the mill um, at Jameson's. And I was just completely overawed by. Uh, by the the shop and the mill and watching them throw a sheep in the hopper (laughs) at the beginning and out out the other end of the factory (laughs) there are jumpers and sleeves (laughs) it's such a great place to go and it's
0: incredible yeah you're right just you go in there you see all those bales of wool and then you can follow follow it all the way through it's it's amazing and then that little shop is incredible
1: yeah, no, you mentioned the uh, the Fula wall. Um, a few years ago, well, I've stayed on both Fair Isle and um, Fooler. We stayed at the Bird Observatory on Fair Isle, and Fula again. It was lovely just to sort of see the sheep running around outside. Yeah. So and it was super to be able to buy buy the quite
0: wall. A unique selling point, I think, with that yarn as well of all well, the fact that it comes from from a fantastic wee island as well but um it's it's incredible and, I, and um you know every time they have more yarn it sells out really quickly you know, there's,
1: there's a little group on ravelry that people sit there going new stock in <laughs> new stock in
0: <laughs> and everyone that writes. Right? <laughs> that's brilliant Okay, so here's the, this is often garners more than one answer. What about if there is one yarn and one pattern, not necessarily to be used together, uh, that you think other people should know about and that you would like other people to find out about and try, what would they be? Well, this is
1: really, really difficult because in a way I I end up reinterpreting the question in a selfish way because the question is really an inheritance yarn. It's what would you like to give to somebody else? And the question I keep wanting to answer is what can I keep for myself? (laughs) So it it becomes a sort of deserted island yarn, which is mine. What's the last one that they can wash away? (laughs) And I, I... I, I have been slightly torn because it does depend on the climate of my deserted island <laughs> because if it's, a, if it's a rather cold island, then I must say that the uh, the, the Jameson spindrift their uh, um, jump away would probably be the answer because on a cold island, you could make some one you could just spend the whole of your life doing different color work and there's such a choice of colors and that would be really versatile. but on a very very hot desert island, <laughs> That would that would not be such a useful yarn, and I'm not sure it'd make very good fishing nets. <laughs> no, I don't think it would. You know, wool we'll and spun, it's not as hard, it's not as strong. <laughs> so the other possible candidate, and I still haven't really decided between the two, would be um, black as Leoness. Ah, with the, the linen mix, because I think on a desert, deserted island, that might actually be a very, very versatile yarn. Um, I've knitted jumpers. I've even knitted uh, socks. So I've got a sort of light four-ply weight top and then I've got a jumper in the uh, DK and I've knitted some little ankle socks in leftovers of the four-ply. I think that's that's a really versatile yarn. Yes,
0: and it would be strong enough for so many other things on your desert island. Exactly. I think
1: it's got that little bit more tensile strength. So I'm thinking that would be a really handy deserted desert island. i
0: think you've thought about this in the right way you know i think that's a good one for sure i may have thought about that i may
1: have thought about this too much <laughs>
0: <laughs> but no the lioness is a really fantastic yarn and they like the colors that they launched last year and added to were just is spectacular i think it was
1: the hematite which is a sort of bluey gray um sheen well so what about a pattern then It's it's odd because in some ways you think, well, I definitely need socks. But I think I've knitted so many socks now in so many different techniques up and down, even though I don't have a favorite pattern that I use, I could probably vamp a pair of socks if I needed them. So (laughs) taking a sock pattern, however ubiquitous, might actually be a bit unnecessary. So so I, I, I want something very versatile. Even if I've only got my one yarn, I can knit it in millions of different colours, which, whichever it is. So I'm thinking that something I have already knit from, which is the Atelier Alpha Crazy Stripes tea pattern. Oh, yeah! Because if I've got more than one yarn or if I have to start cleaning, spinning the uh, plant fibre on the island, then... Very resourceful. It, <laughs> it would be extremely adaptable because you can use lots of bits of whatever you can find yes,
0: and build, that would be and
1: build it up as you go along it's um for those people who haven't seen it it's a striped tunic type pattern but the stripes are more like waves they they go in curves they start off um horizontal across the top but then they get get a bit curvy and uh, and wavy
0: was it for the nature shades along that you knit
1: that yes yes i did a completely natural shades one i've done a small size one in colors but you know th- there are so many different colors you can do and so many different variations of that I-, I think that'd be really adaptable it's probably if you wanted some spare paper it's probably the longest pattern i've ever <laughs> seen because <laughs> the different sizes so you could write lots of things on the back of it so it'd be really handy for <laughs> writing papers.
0: you've thought of it all. <laughs> yep but is there anything else that you think that you would like other people to know about in terms of of rule or or patterns that you just think deserve to be promoted a bit more
1: oh oh probably but (laughs) you sprung that one on me i did
0: didn't i (laughs) i know i'm
1: cruel i think the thing about patterns and and yarns is just once you start exploring it explodes and that, that's what I've loved about Nick British ever since I started following you and then there was the group on Ravelry and the podcast. There is just so much to be discovered. And, you know, every every time I find something, it's it's my new favourite thing, whatever it is.
0: <laughs> but that's it. There's so, there's so much to discover. And I think that's the thing. I think when, especially when it comes to British rule, you know, when you get the people who are like, Oh, British wool isn't that all itchy? and Isn't that all brown? And then you get you get them over that hurdle, and they're like, oh, oh, well, there's this and there's that and there's this blend and that blend, and and w- once your eyes are opened to what's out there, then it becomes this perpetual journey of discovery and exploration. I love speaking to markers. I love the different responses we get to these these two questions. <laughs> Oh, that's lovely, Mazzy. Thank you so much. And thank you again for sponsoring the podcast. And
1: It's nice to be able to talk back.
0: <laughs> thank you very much
1: for calling. Oh,
0: Not at all. Nice to talk to you. And and hopefully we'll cross paths at some point. Thank you so much. We'll speak to you again.
1: I'll listen to you soon, if not speak to you. Yes. <laughs> Bye.
0: <laughs> Take care. Oh, Mazzy, thank you so much for taking the time ch- to chat with me. It's so lovely to be able to chat with with. Um, wooly Muckers. Now, it's time to refresh your, your cup of tea. We're going to have another interview. This time, it is with the fantastically bloomin' lovely Frankie Hughes. I have long wanted to chat with Frankie for Knit British. So I've kind of sent a tentative message and said, Do you think I could interview you? <laughs> and she was very gracious to say yes. And as I say, it's absolutely long overdue because... So many of you will know Frankie because of her work with John Arbon and you may have seen her on stalls or seen her at the mill. Um, You will definitely have seen her on the John Arbon website and on their social media. Um, But many of you also know her as Francesca Hughes Knitwear uh, and her design work which has graced the cover of Pom Pom Quarterly and Knitting Magazine. Her first published pattern was in February 2016 and it was the Sweet Clementine Shawl which was published in Knitting Magazine and I saw that fantastic shawl at Edinburgh Iron Festival that year and of course self confessed hap addict um, it really appealed to me and i just but I just loved um, the colors that she 'd used and this all of, all of her lace in the center and then a lace border just gorgeous since then she 's published quite a lot there 's the armiston shawl which was in the wool tribe magazine. Um, she's designed a sweater, uh, the Hebridean sweater in Daughter of a Shepherd. She designed the incredible Lime Bitter sweater, which you might have seen her in at Edward Yarn Festival, which is in Wednesdaydale Long Wool Sheep Shop. Another incredible lace design with a fantastically vintage feel. I'll, I've, there's links in the show notes, but if you're on Ravelry, type in Francesca Hughes uh, and, and have a look at those incredible patterns. So it was an absolute joy to be able to chat with Frankie. She talks a little bit about her background and her early knitting designs in acrylic um, for her school friends, and we get pretty geeky about wool in general. It's also fantastic talking about her her inspirations um, in design and what it's like when people come up to you at shows wearing your design uh, in their in their interpretation of it. Um, so. Sit back and relax, and have a lovely chat with Frankie and I. I hope you enjoy uh, joining us. Sorry, not sorry, that your ravel ravel recues are going to become longer, and your yarn wish lists will be teeming probably after this. And. Um, also, I want to big up Frankie's Neighbourhood Seagulls, who put in an awesome um, performance in this interview and kind of made me miss it when we used to have seagulls in the Shetland episodes. Mm-hmm.
2: Oh, how are you? I'm good. How are you? I am very
0: good. I thought it might be quite good to start off talking about... Your background, because I think a lot of people will know you from John Arbin, and then then latterly of pom pom and knitting and things like that. So, do you want to say a little bit about you?
2: So, yeah, I'm Francesca Hughes. Hi. (laughs) Uh, So, most of the men in uh, my family are actually engineers, and so from, like, cars, airplanes, and ships. They all kind of like to tinker with machines and use their hands. Um, And my mum comes from a long line of knitters and um, haberdashery shop owners. That kind of, like, makes sense that I ended up in a spinning mill, right? (laughs) Yeah, totally. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So my nan taught me to knit when I was about seven, so that seems to be very similar to, like, most people's experiences by the sound of it. So, yeah it's like you know I'm give, giving you a hobby <laughs> <laughs> to keep us quiet I
0: think that's what it was wasn't
2: it yeah probably <laughs> so when, when I my my mum used to leave me there she'd be like you knit for the week <laughs> <laughs> all these all these essential skills that we cherish so much which we were taught to us to keep us quiet <laughs> yeah definitely but she always had to cast on and off for me it was it took me quite a while to want to do that difficult bit I just really liked doing the fun bit in the middle <laughs> Um, Can you remember what you knit first? I think I literally just liked doing squares because so, I'd only tend to do it when I was at my nan's for holidays to begin with. So she'd do the cast on and then I'd knit probably not very much by the time I left. And then, then I'd do it again. So just squares. But then probably the first things that I actually knit were for my friends in school um, for Christmas one year. So my friend Hannah got a, uh, it was like a acrylic nightmare, (laughs) pink and and black double-stranded scarf um, that was ribbed. That was so cool. And then my other friend got a yellow and black double-stranded like basket weave scarf.
0: Do you think they still have them?
2: I've asked them, but I think their mum's probably took them to the charity shop a long time ago
0: somebody could be wearing
2: that today though yeah hopefully they charity shop them rather than went what is this <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah so uh, yeah then I kept on up kept up with textiles and art at school and college and I did quite well at both of those I didn't do very well academically but I did well crafty <laughs>
0: that's very much like myself i'm, I'm a very enthusiastic about the subject but i'm not a very good student <laughs> yeah
2: yeah definitely so well, yeah i went off to uni and i did a degree in in knitwear um i've had a lot of people scoff at that and i still do you know degree in knitting can you do that knitting yes you can <laughs> so yeah in the in the second year we were asked to find work experience so this is fun. Um, and I, I really didn't want to go into like a fashion house. Most of the other students in my course was, but I wasn't really confident enough. Um, and I wanted to know more about the production of what we were actually using and kind of where that came from. Because at this point I had no idea. Like I didn't spin. I didn't. Um, I didn't know much about wool or anything, so I wanted to know more about the grassroots rather than the like glorified fashion. Don't get me wrong, I do like fashion, but I wanted the other bit. Yeah, the material side of things. Yeah, so that year um, I discovered Unravel via Google, <laughs> uh, which was actually just down the road from my parents' house. So, oh, that's my mum. So my mum, who also does like to knit, um, we went there together um, and with trying to ask for work experience in mind. Um, So we were walking around and we saw this one stand that had a, like, rainbow gradient (laughs) yarn. (laughs) And uh, then my mum basically forced me to go and ask this Hawaiian shirt-wearing man whether he had work experience. (laughs) Da <laughs> <laughs> Their stands looked very different back in those days. When was that? i um, I think it, I was trying to work it out. It was 2011, I think. So I was at uni. Yeah, they they only had six or seven like solid colours of the knit by numbers. Wow! So now it's, I think it's 16 we've got now. So that's cool. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah. So,
0: what, what what was their thinking about
2: it? When they- um, John has done it a couple of times before, and he still does now, because so, he loves teaching people and showing everyone how to where it actually comes from, and he likes that. So, they were really keen, and I went down for a couple of weeks over the summer. And then after that, I went down like every year after that, either for a holiday or I did some machine knitting for them because they used to sell scarves and ties. Um, Don't anymore do that, but got to use the industrial knitting machines like I'd done at uni then. Um, And then eventually it came to one summer where I was like, oh, I just I love Devon and I love wool and I love knitting. And they were like, well, we do have a job because Emily was going to uni. Um, as in Viola so she left for uni and I had to go back home and tell Dan my husband-to-be that I was moving to Devon (laughs) which he was sad about but excited obviously yeah
0: so so when did you when did you relocate to Devon then
2: 2014 it was beginning of 2014 and um yeah work full-time in the mill so Got into working with the machines and um, actually changing the gears and learning exactly like how every single thing variant of a different fleece or a different fiber made the process entirely different. Um, so, got such an in depth knowledge of actually like how that works, which I think has definitely helped with how I design now because I kind of know a bit more about how the how the yarn the finished yarn will actually work like how what the fold is and what the twist is and how that might affect a a fabric so that's definitely given me um more knowledge on that and getting to work with all those lovely yarns as well was just amazing
0: i know can you even say if you have a favorite uh
2: my i think my favorites include uh the little gray sheep scotland because I think she must spoil those sheep so much, because it's the nicest fibre. <laughs> it's so beautiful. And, of course, um, Daughter of a Shepherd's is really nice, and our own Devonia that we've just done, I the DK, is definitely going to be a firm favourite.
0: And you've got that on just now. You've got your lovely uh, Devonia cream yes. sweater. It's gorgeous. My jumper. And jumper. Actually, because you've designed in all of those yarns you mentioned, haven't you, because you did the Ormiston...
2: That was yeah. Yeah, yeah 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 and so and then now I get to work with them is really really nice yeah.
0: <laughs> so now what what are you doing are you still working with John Arbin?
2: yeah I yeah. am so I go down probably once a month still so I do a lot of their social media still I get to go to all of the shows with them which is awesome so I've been going to like Six, seven, or eight yarn shows a year for the last four years, oh. which is so lucky. <laughs> yeah, but half the time I don't actually get off the stand, but that's probably good for my uh, pocket. <laughs>
0: But it's it must be amazing to see people coming back wearing things that they've designed in the yarns that you've had a hand in creating, or in your own designs as well.
2: Yeah, yeah, it's so it's so special. Um, knowing that I've actually been on my knees, you know, got injuries for a trapped finger or spent until nine o'clock that night scanning something because somebody's needed it to die and then they come back and they're wearing and it just makes it very worth it. So
0: let's talk a little bit about your design and then because that's exciting. And I think the first thing I can remember seeing of yours, I don't know if that was your first design, was the sweet Clementine.
2: Yeah, that was my first published design, which was just crazy. So that came about because So for personal reasons so I decided to move to um, London because me and Dan had been apart for two years so it was about time we you know got together again um so then I went to London and I was like I don't want to get a job in any old place I've just come from a Devon spinning mill so I was like it's about time I actually take my designing seriously because um, obviously I'd always liked it. I went to uni to do it, and I'd been designing stuff the whole time I was at the Arbans Mill, but not publishing because doing something in all different sizes is very different to just doing it for yourself. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so Sweet Clementine was the first published in Knitting Magazine, which was very exciting. And then my first garment was Velamo in pom pom, which was. On the front cover and I was like that is my one of my life ambitions is to be in a magazine so i had done that and then the second one was to be in pom-pom and then I'd done that and then it was on the front cover and I just couldn't control myself.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So what inspires you when you're designing? Um, What are the kind of things that you feel compelled to put into your designs?
2: I really I love colour and texture and I like architecture and natural architecture and from plants and or like a rubbly wall I see a lot in the details I think and I pick accent colours up from places that they just are even if it's you know a strange bucket coloured bucket that's in a field like that's an accent colour it's not maybe a natural accent colour but It looks great. (laughs) That's
0: amazing. And lace seems to be quite an important part of your design. Yeah,
2: I really like lace. I love a challenge. So I I like doing stuff I haven't done before. So I can be like, yes, I can do that. And lace is amazing because it looks so beautiful. And you really have to think about it and commit to it.
0: So you just, your most recent design was in the most recent issue of pom
2: Um. Yes, yeah, jamboree. Yes, and already quite a few finished objects of that. Yeah, that's so fun to see. you. What I also love, and I completely tell people they should, is with one of my designs, I, really should, I like people to make it their own. So there's one lady that's kind of knocked off the sleeves and hey, done Lin, a different yes. bottom. It looks
0: incredible. Yeah, yeah
2: yeah so I love that people are doing completely different colors and like changing it up a bit because my stuff isn't going to suit everyone and that's fine but um if you still like it then if you can kind of customize it to what you like or the colors that you like because sometimes I'm aware my color choices are a bit a bit gross for some people (laughs) so you do it in a neutral or make a sleeve shorter or make a body longer and the amount of people I've seen doing that is really nice. That's good, because really nice. I always
0: think whenever I modify something, I think, oh, my God, if I ever meet the designer, they're going to be like, what have you done to my sweater? It's really <laughs> nice to hear <laughs> that. Awesome. But you're like, yeah, do it, make it your own. And <laughs>
2: yeah, no, definitely, because, we're, you know, we're not all robots. We haven't come off of a bear belt. So I think that's why I started designing anyway was because I – always just wanted something different to what I'd seen. So I might like some stuff, but I was like, oh, but I actually just kind of want a color punch here, or I want a cable here, and I hadn't quite seen that. So I just wanted to be able to do my own thing. And did
0: you think when you were making that acrylic pink and black <laughs> scarf, that this is what you would be doing?
2: I think in my wildest dreams would have I but I don't know I, I was into like clay and a bit fine art as well back then and actually I really liked um kind of changing clothes and probably I did more like more fashion but I think I thought I was a punk slash emo kid so it was more like Ted denim yeah. and <laughs> um that kind of patches oh patches kind patches of and thing. pin badges they were the coolest yeah exactly Piss <laughs> ears and you no know, all of that <laughs> because you, you said there that you you know your dream was
0: to get a design in a magazine and then to be in pom-pom and be in the cover what is next do you think for your design work
2: my next tick on this on the box would be a book mm.
0: And is there anything in the pipeline that you can say about
2: it or Yeah, we're going to... So with the Devonia that we've just done at John Arburn, um, I'm working on a collection. So hopefully that's going to become a...
0: That is awesome.
2: That yeah. Is incredibly awesome. So I've done all my designs, um, so I'm just going to get knitting. So they're all kind of 20s inspired because... Um, Because the colour range is inspired by the tapestry artist Jean Lecate. Because the colours are from his tapestries, I've looked into 20s fashion and there's going to be a polo shirt, which I think I'm most excited about. Oh, wow. (laughs)
0: That is awesome. Your designs are so like, oh my God, when can I cast that on? Oh,
2: thanks. (laughs) I do like to think that I'm being quite forward and making it more accessible to be different, not to kind of just have a plain card again. And and obviously the plain stuff is lovely as well, but I've never tend to have done plain, so I, I like to do all over lace or like lime green.
0: And that vintage feel, which is, I think, fair to say, in all of your designs... It's just awesome, and it's the jumper that you've got in now. As soon as I saw that, there's something eighties sailor chic about it to me, and yeah. I, that's sort of something that sort of sold it to me. And I'm like, that is awesome, but you've made it so contemporary and so fresh, and I think that's what people love oh, about hi. it. Do you feel like Do you feel like a lot of people know you more now from things like pom pom, or is it mostly from?
2: I think all of all of the regulars from John Arburn because we've known each other for years now that's really nice so they know me from that but then a lot of people are surprised because they know me as Frankie I'm just Frankie that works at John Arburn and then they find out that I'm actually Francesca Hughes as well that has done these patterns and then they're like oh what I really like about being on the stand is I am just Frankie and people are just normal and we just get to chat yarn and wool and I get to fondle their beautiful jumpers and shawls and be like oh my god this is amazing because we're all just absolute wool geeks
0: at the end of the day
2: yeah
0: (laughs) I know you said about favorite wools earlier but what's been your favorite John Arbin or otherwise that you've designed with or
2: it's so hard it's like choosing a favorite child it's so hard So, like my, I think my three favourite yarns are probably quite similar because they have kind of the same feel. So, like I said, the Hebridean, and the Gotland, and Wensleydale. I think they're my most three favourite fibres, and they're all quite similar in their drake luster. Yeah, the luster, and there are other things as soft as merino as well. So, I try, I try to stay vaguely clear of merino because. I, I know it is so beautiful and so so soft but there is so much merino and I love the bit coarser and a bit more character to my world toothier
0: yeah you know I don't really have anything against merino it but it is limited in if you know you want to make a good sweater that's gonna last you yonks and yonks and yonks and you don't want something that's gonna pill Yeah. In merino is, is not the best one to choose for that it's fantastic for shawls, No, i mean
2: it, it does ceases. it does stop after a while but it just it just kills and and you know
0: <laughs> we know that wool does but then if you knit with something like gotland or wensleydale you know that shetland it not much, depending on how it's been spun. It's an yeah.
2: incredible. And actually, this Devonia hasn't pilled either. I always give it the armpit test.
0: I know, the good old armpit test. <laughs> For me, it's armpits and it's bibs because I, I cross my arms loads. Uh, so I, yeah. that's where I get them. That's the pill yeah. zone. <laughs> <laughs> that's the kind of thing that I get excited about with Wool is you know telling people about all these other th- all the other things apart from Merino that there are that yeah. you know that they all have these different properties and, and you know you could get a, an item that could last a lot longer yeah
2: definitely and such different character as well like the bounce of some yarns like the Zwartblers um <sighs> I believe that is how you say it, zwartblers, Dutch language.
0: How how do you say it, say it again?
2: Zwartblers.
0: Yeah, I've said it about three different ways, and then I I met somebody who said zwartblers, and I thought, is that right? And then zwartblers.
2: Yeah, that's how John says it. If I can say it in my accent, then I just say zwartblers.
0: Zwarbles, that's it.
2: it's... (laughs) In the Dutch lady that I spoke to you said it's blend
0: That is, makes incredible yarn. Yeah. That's...
2: So if you um on its own it is absolutely stunning as well, like the bounce and the the beauty, the colour. But if you sprinkle that on any other any other yarn, like we use it a lot for a lot of hand dyes at the mill, and it just changes that fibre dramatically, and it makes it just so colourful. So much fun, bouncy.
0: Yeah, I've be, I've been crocheting with the Exmoor
2: and the oh, yeah.
0: and it's incredible. And I love the different the different colours of it, yeah. the region of it, and the different. I can't remember quite, quite remember what the percentages are, but it's it's amazing. I think and is you it sixty five thirty
2: five.
0: Yeah, I think so. And that's been incredible to crochet. I've just been doing a big big granny square, and it's lovely. That one is it's beautiful. just lovely. And it's like one of those ones that. You, When you look at the, because I've been using all different British breeds, but that really are lovely bouncy poppy stitches on that. Oh,
2: that's a very special one.
0: (laughs) So, what about other things that you've got coming up? You've been doing talks and things. You did a talk about unravel.
2: Yeah, I did a talk at Unravel, which was just crazy. Because I was, I don't know, I was just like, L- why does anyone want to come and hear a little old you talking? <laughs> but it's like full circle
0: <laughs> as well. Because was it Unravel that you went to all those years ago to? Yeah, yeah. <laughs>
2: exactly. Yeah. So it was there that I first met the Arbans, and then I was back what six years later to be like, hello, I'm an headwear designer it's good now. To be back. <laughs> yeah yeah so that was that was so lovely um I had really good turnout actually there was so there was lots of people interested in what I had to say yeah, I bet there was. <laughs> yeah told them about um what kind of jumpers my mum used to force me to wear what kind of jumpers did she kid. force you to wear there was oh this one in particular which was a polo shirt funnily enough it was purple and my older sister had a pink one and so it was short sleeved and I remember it particularly because it was quite itchy I mean it was probably acrylic so there was torrential rain outside and my mum was like you're just going out in this you're you're not cold if your chest is warm <laughs> so fresh rain I had my arms out in this soggy old knitting and my mum telling me I wasn't allowed to be cold <laughs>
0: that's so funny did she
2: knit a lot for you? Yeah, she did. And my nan did as well. So we had lots of baby baby outfits and um some she really likes to do Disney characters and Tarsia kind of thing. So yeah, picture knits she liked to do. And now I get her to do a lot of my sample knitting, so Oh <laughs> that's did. handy. Oh well, and we've just got a new niece in the family, so she's knitting for the, her her granddaughter and my niece too. Oh, that's
0: lovely that's so nice and it'll go on will you teach your niece to
2: knit yeah definitely. <laughs> she'll be knitting for me soon <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's the that's the spirit Yes, yeah. <laughs> put them to work keep them quiet or that's at the mill
2: we need small kids at the mill yeah We've run out
0: <laughs> so are you going to be doing any more talks any more kind of events on your own
2: um oh I am exhibiting at Nottingham Yarn Expo in november excellent um john arvin's got stand as well but i'll be there by myself too oh, very good i'm looking forward to it i'll i'll finally have a rail for all of my many jumpers <laughs> <If you> have, <laughs> i'm knitting a lot of jumpers at the moment <laughs> i'm going to publish two jumpers in um viola yarn very soon uh so that's emily foden who i got to know whilst working at john arvin Um, because she was uh, uh, working there a bit before I officially was so that's exciting and I went to Canada to see her recently and we had some fun dyeing some yarn so these two are gonna uh, one of them is a long lacy short-sleeved kind of summery top it's again all over lace but it's in mohair so it's really beautiful and intricate Um, and then the other one I've done in Emily's yarn as well is um, so the first Jumper I ever designed, which was originally in John Alburn, some custom alpaca that we'd done for somebody. Uh, so this one is in Emily's Alpaca Polworth uh, with the mohair stripe as well. So I've done it in Gorgeous. pink shades. And is that the yarn you dyed yourself? or? Um, no, it's not actually. Um, I dyed some mohair that I went wear to my wedding if. If I get to make something in time. (laughs) When are you getting married? September. Awesome. Yeah, really soon.
0: (laughs) I had good, good thoughts of making something to wear when I got married. And then I was like, yeah, there's too many other things to think about. So I ended up just wearing the shawl that I had when I was born
2: yeah oh, oh that's um, nice which was but quite I nice totally know the feeling <laughs> yeah
0: but yeah it's that kind of thing where you think oh, I should really I should really try and I know some... I'm
2: desperate if I had 10 years then I would have made my dress and knit a Shawl and a veil, and handmade
0: I, I suppose I kind of did make something because my shoes were a bit big, and so I stuffed the toes of them with swatches. Oh, nice! <laughs> so I suppose there was a little bit of my own knitting in, in my wedding outfits.
2: <laughs> like a dirty little secret having the swatches in your shoes.
0: It really worked, it was, it was a really good idea. Is there anything else coming up that you want to plug or any anything, any other designs and magazines or anything that you know are forthcoming?
2: i got a couple of things coming out this year, but I'll save that for them to tell. Um, but other than that, I'm just working on my Devonia collection. That's
0: exciting. And when do you think that will be out?
2: It will be next year. We were going to aim for Edinburgh, but we'll see how it goes.
0: That's exciting. That's something to think forward to.
2: Yeah, really exciting. Lots of different um, shapes and styles I'll be trying. I'll be doing a bit more than just crop jumpers, so that's cool. <laughs> <laughs> and,
0: you know, when we're just when you are telling me about when you first went to Unravel and you felt like you didn't have any confidence in talking to people about words, how do you feel now? Do you feel like a different person? Oh, I still get
2: really nervous and shy, weirdly, but then when you get to know me, I'm quite loud, so... <laughs> I think the more that you chat to people the more that you feel confident I do still get when I send something for a publication I get a week of oh my god I hate it it's terrible and then and then you go no actually I worked really hard on it I finished it beautifully and I it looks nice and it's like the doubt and terror of the unknown before anyone has said anything I think <laughs> but I I suppose at least I just go. Well, I'll wear it at least.
0: (laughs) And I think you know, being part of the knitting community online is quite good for confidence and talking and and, you know, doing things and you know, yeah,
2: definitely. You know, until
0: you're in it, you don't realise just what an awesome welcoming space that can be and how supportive. I know
2: it's everyone is so quirky and wonderful and lovely (laughs) and supportive.
0: Oh my goodness, thank you so very much for chatting to me.
2: And thanks for having me.
0: Oh, not at all. I've been meaning to have you on for ages, and it feels ridiculous that I
2: haven't <laughs> until now. So, oh, uh, I yeah, I'll cut out anything that makes me sound like a weirdo or a jerk. <laughs> Absolutely, you're
0: not. <laughs> <laughs> it was so lovely to talk to her right, we'll talk and to generally get yeah. geeky about yarn. And there was so much more of that interview that was just us geeking out about yarn and about different preparations and twists and different fibres and things and it was just really lovely and I just loved it's one of the best things about knit, knitting British just talking with other people who love wool on a you know primal level <laughs> thank you so much Frankie and Frankie uh, won't be listening to this at the moment because she is on her hen night she's probably down in quite a few glasses of fizzy pop um Very many um, congratulations on your forthcoming nuptials. Um, That is about it, I think, for this podcast. I am taking two weeks holiday from you or from making the podcast. Um, So I'll be back at the end of the month with some exciting news and things. And I have things to to tell you about as well. Uh, Future things, um, future plans, um, future changes, all for the good all for the good um, but uh, maybe some big changes in in the new year definitely if not before until then take good care bye for now